Go ahead, brother. There it is. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing well? Good. I'm so grateful that you're here this morning. Uh, I wanted to just share a couple of things out of my heart about Refresh this week. This is the second year that we've done this. This Friday is a buy in football. We don't have a varsity football game. And so the kids are not going to have to try to be two places at one time. And what we're really doing is a youth revival. That's really what this is. And uh, if you grew up in church or have been around church, you know, that's an old school word. We, it's not something that happens that much anymore in church. But there's going to be a Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and then Saturday, uh, Kervin will be here. Last year when we did it, Kurt probably, we, did, we water baptized about probably 20, 25 teenagers. And then we had 30 or 40 teenagers receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We had countless kids uh, receive Jesus as their Savior. And so I just want you to be praying, if you would, please. Uh, be praying for these services. We're not doing them just to have something to do. There's going to be, a, we believe there's going to be a mighty move of God in those services. And what our heart is, is that our teenagers' hearts would be on fire for God. Then they would carry that to the junior high. They would carry that to the high school. They would carry it to their homes. And, uh, and God will use them to change the city. Listen, teenagers don't want to know about God. They want to experience God. And we've been seeing that happen in camp and in Ground Zero. So it's going to be an amazing time. Uh, this is not my message, but I was thinking about a verse this morning where Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And my emphasis this morning is on the word the, which is an exclusive word. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And, you know, in our culture today, people can be offended. You know, when you, when you have that exclusiveness that, well, you know, Jesus is the only way to heaven, people can be offended by that. But here's the truth. Uh, there's three things about Jesus. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And Mark, he said, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me, so I have three choices. He's either a liar, he's either a lunatic, or both or he's Lord. And every single human being on planet earth has to decide which one of those is true for them. You see, here's, I decided that he's Lord and, and I've made him Lord. And see, I'm, I'm a fool for Jesus. My question is, whose fool are you? So I want to encourage you in that this morning. You don't need to be ashamed that you know Jesus Christ is your savior. The world needs Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, what I'm going to do this morning is in two weeks, I'm starting a new series. Uh, Kervin will be here next Sunday. You're going to love Kervin. Kervin is an amazing young man. Uh, he's a rapper. And uh, if you're like me, if you're not, if you're, it, you, some of you know a lot about rap, and some of you are like me, you don't know anything about rap, right? Okay. And uh, the radio stations I listen to, listen to don't play rap much. The music at home is not rap. But there is Christian rap, honestly. And this kid is anointed by God. He's not a kid. He's a married young man with kids. But to me, he's a kid. But he's anointed by God, and he touches our teenagers. And uh, Saturday night's going to be incredible. Then we're going to keep him over and uh, let him bless you uh, with his preaching and his ministry. Then, the next week, I'm starting a brand-new series that I'm incredibly, incredibly excited about. A couple of years ago, I taught a series on the five love languages. And I, I got such incredible response from so many of you on how much that ministered to you and touched you. Two weeks from now, I'm going to start a series, and I'm going to teach you the four personality styles. And it's based on a book by a Christian psychologist named Gary Smalley. 
And it's an incredible teaching. And the reason I'm mentioning what I talked about two years ago is because they go together. All right? And I'm going to take time this morning. It's already up, the love languages. I'm going to take this morning and review just briefly the five love languages in one service. Here's what I know. If you know, and, and this can be, let me say this, this can be around marriage, but it involves your children, it can involve your grandchildren, it can involve the people you work with. Listen, if you're married, if you know your mate's love language, and then I'm going to show you their personality style, you take huge steps toward having a healthy marriage. Now, here's the truth of this teaching. It's based on you having a foundation of truth in your life. Let me explain to you what I mean. Okay, a lot of times when I talk about love languages, and in two weeks when I talk about personality styles, you can have issues in your life with your friends, with your family. Let's say an issue of maybe unforgiveness or an issue of bitterness, or maybe there's an issue of anger in your family, or maybe there's addiction in your family. Okay, those issues can create unhealthy relationships. And what I'm going to show you will help you toward moving toward healthier relationships. Now, let's just say you have addiction in your life. That is something that you need to work with and work on to bring health into your relationship. What I'm going to show you is not going to magically fix everything in your life, but it's going to be huge steps towards you understanding. I'm so excited. In two weeks when I start this new series, listen, don't miss it. Invite somebody to come. Uh, you can get online, tcf.church, and you, it'll be online. You can listen to it. And I'm excited about showing you there's four basic personalities, and you're going to enjoy it. Just like a few couple of years ago, I showed you the five basic uh, love languages. So I want to read a scripture to you this morning, and I just want to take you through those and just encourage you. Let me say this. It's a wise man who knows his wife's love language. It's a wise man, amen, who knows his wife's love language. Listen, when you understand a person's love language, listen, the most basic human need is love. Every human being desires love. Every human being wants love. The Bible says that love is the most powerful force in the universe. We know nails did not hold Jesus on the cross. Love did. His love for what? His love for us. That's what hung, held Jesus on the cross. If you've had the idea before that love is maybe weakness or maybe love is compromise, well, that if I love you, then somehow I'm giving up my opinion or I'm giving up what I think, then you don't understand love. Love is the most powerful choice you can make. I can change your family in an instant if you'll just decide to love each other. It will change your life, and it will change your family. So what I want to do is just remind you of the five love languages. Everybody has a different love language. Now, you may have a mixture of some of these. Uh, I was talking to a young man, and I said, which one of these is your wife? And he said, oh, she's all five, okay? So sometimes you can have a mixture. You can be more than one of them. But I got such a positive response that when you understand this, it's going to really help you. I want to read a verse to you out of 1 Peter 3, 7. And this is the uh, New Living Translation. I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to bring something out. It says, now this is about marriage. In the same way, husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. <clears throat> she may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. 
Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Now, I'm going to read to you out of the new, excuse me, the American Standard Version, and listen to what it says. It says, husbands, in like manner, dwell with your wife according to knowledge. There's one phrase I want to pull out. Dwell together in knowledge. Dwell together in knowledge. Now, of course, this is talking about marriage, but I want to broaden the scope of it. All right, if you're here this morning in your marriage, this applies to you. But if you're not married, this can apply to your relationships with friends and family. This can apply to relationships with coworkers. This, of course, can apply to relationships with your friends and the people that you're around. This works in every area of your life. Here's what Paul said. He said, do what? Dwell together in knowledge. What does that mean? The better you understand those around you, the better relationships you'll have with them. Gentlemen, the better you understand your wife, the better your relationship will be with her. Joe McGee, who's been here many, many times over the years, came one time and he read this verse and he told this story. He said he took a three-by-five card and he wrote on that card his wife's favorite color, favorite perfume, brand of nail polish, uh, size of clothing, and he put that in his wallet, and he carried it with him everywhere he went, and he traveled a lot, and he said so when he would buy his wife something, he bought her the right size. It either wasn't three sizes too small, what'll get you killed, or three sizes too big, what'll get you killed, right? Okay, so he knew it. All right, he was, here, here's the point. He was dwelling together with her knowledge. A lot of times we're in relationships, and they frankly cannot always be that good. And one of the simple facts is, is we just don't take time to know each other very well. I'm going to help you with that this morning. I'm going to read one more verse to you. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. 1 Corinthians 13 in the Bible is the love chapter. That's what it's called. And it wouldn't hurt you to go home this afternoon and read 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle. That chapter ends with this verse, and listen to what it says. Three things will last forever, and I don't know about you, but that gets my attention. Okay, the Bible's talking about three things that are going to last forever. Now, that's a pretty long time. Would you not agree? Think of the things that you and I hold on to that aren't even going to last in this, for this life. Think of the time and energy we spent gathering things, and the Bible says all they're doing is decaying. They're not even going to last in this lifetime. None of us have seen a U-Haul behind a hearse, right? You're not taking it with you. All you're taking with you is the people that you love that know Christ. So he says three things are going to last forever. And the first one is faith. The second one is hope. And the third one is love. You're going to take your faith. You're going to take your hope. And you're going to take your love into the next life with Jesus. And those three things are going to last forever. But listen to what it says. And the greatest of these, the greatest of these, the greatest of these is love. Listen to me, church. You'll never go wrong choosing love. Two weeks ago at Men's Retreat, two or whatever that was, I was having uh, coffee with two men. We met early that morning. We're having coffee and the conversation turned toward the love languages. And we began to have this conversation. And one of the gentlemen that I was sitting with talked about how he knew what his, life, his wife's love language was and what he was doing to go about loving her using that. And it just struck a chord in my heart, and it stirred me up when I heard him talk about it. Now, listen, I want you to understand this. 
All right, when you reach a person with their love language, it just brings them alive. It just, it, everybody needs love, but this just stirs something extra in them. So let me show you the very first one. The very first one is words of affirmation. Now listen, every human being needs words of affirmation. When you leave here today and you're in the car on the way home, everybody in your vehicle needs words of affirmation. If you go to El Camino to eat lunch or you go to El Burrito to eat lunch, the person who comes to your table to bring the menus needs words of affirmation. Every human being's soul is parched waiting for the water of words of affirmation. We all need it. But if it's your love language, you need it even more. What are words of affirmation? I love you. I'm proud of you. Thank you for helping around the house. Thank you for being my wife. Thank you for being my husband. Listen, Vicki can tell me I love you, honey, and I'm proud of you. She can tell me you're a great dad, and I can ride on that for a week. I mean, my feet lift off the ground, and I just float, man. I mean, when my wife notices something I do, I can ride on it for a long time, and that's not even my love language. That's how powerful words of affirmation are. If I could encourage everybody in this room, listen, by the power of Jesus Christ in your life, be aware of your words and speak words of affirmation. But if you have a mate or a friend or a child or a grandchild that needs that, and you speak kind words to them, and they light up, they need it even more. Now, at the end of this message, I'm going to explain to you how to take a simple test if you're a little shady about which one of these you are. Let me give you another little tip. If you feel like, I don't really know which one of these I am, a lot of times you can ask a loved one. You can ask somebody close to you, what do you see in me? And lots of times they can say, oh, you're, you're definitely this or you're definitely that. So if you don't see it in yourself, you can ask someone else or you can take a simple test and I'm going to show you how to do it. Here's the second one. The second one is acts of service. Okay, this is Miss Vicky. Acts of service. Okay, they're laughing because they know. All right, when Vicky and I first got married, you know, I'm a communicator. In my house, I'm the person that does all the talking. Okay, you know, you've seen those country western videos where they make fun of women for talking. That's not happening at our house. At my house, I'm the communicator. It's never been hard for me to verbally express my emotion. It's never been hard for me to tell my wife, I love you. When she came downstairs this morning, I said, you look cute today. You look pretty. I tell her that all the time, and it's not hard for me to do it. But that's not her love language. Now, she likes it. Don't get me wrong. She enjoys it. But her love language is, would somebody pick something up? Would somebody get out the vacuum and run it? And would somebody get some dishes washed? That's her love language. She needs acts of service. Now, see, when we were young married, I would want to give her flowers and candy. I'd want to give her gifts. And that's one of the languages. But it wasn't her love language. Now, I'm not saying she doesn't enjoy a gift occasionally. If you give her something, oh, every decade, she's happy. Okay, but if you, if I, even at Christmas time, she's, she's not big on gifts, all right? If, when her birthday is in the spring, and if I ordered her a dozen roses and a huge box of chocolate, here's what she's thinking. Did he pay with the credit card? Did he pay with the checkbook? I know he didn't pay with the debit card because there's only one and I have it. Okay, I asked Vicki one time, honey, can I get a debit card? She said, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> she just kind of laughed. I mean, she didn't take me seriously. I mean, she just kind of laughed. All right, that's what she thinks about, see, is how, how much did you, I mean, if, you know, if, if I did the $200 roses thing, well, she'd kill me. 
Because it's not her primary love language. Her primary love language is acts of service. Whenever I help around the house, whenever I help with dishes, whatever it is that I do, when I help her, she knows she's loved. Now listen to me. At our house, the maid is dead. She died. She died suddenly. And we had a beautiful funeral. Greg and Glenda sang, and the message was beautiful, and she's buried out on the hill. And occasionally we go out there and see her. And she, you know, she's not there, but, we, you know, what, what are you saying, Pastor? Well, here's what I'm saying. There's no maid at our house, and it's certainly not my wife. She's not the maid, and she's not the cook. We're partners. We're a team, and we do everything together. And I help her, and she helps me. And so it's not her responsibility to clean up. It's not her responsibility to pick up because she's the woman or she's the wife. Listen, I work, she works, and we all work together and we're a team. But whenever I do help, and I help all the time because I learned that that was her primary love language, she knows that she's loved. All right, let me show you the next one. The next one is receiving gifts. Receiving gifts. Now, if you have somebody in your life that when you give them a gift, no matter how small it is, even if it's homemade, even if it costs pennies, and they light up like a Christmas tree, and they're excited, and they're thrilled, and they're so happy, probably their primary love language is receiving gifts. Just like I said, that is not my wife's love language. She does not like to receive gifts. Now, everybody likes to receive gifts. I'm not saying that. But if you have somebody in your life, how many of you just nod in your head? You have somebody in your life, they love receiving gifts. All right, you know, they're doing this right here, right here. That's right. I was talking to two couples one time, and uh, one of the couples, the, the man had bought his wife something, and she was telling the other girl, oh, he bought me this, and I, you know, whatever. And, and the other girl was like, oh, I wish my husband would do that for me. You know what she's saying? That's my love language. And the girl who received the gift who didn't, wasn't that interested in it, it's not her love language. Now, here's what I want you to see. Here's what's so powerful about this. When you can plug in and you know what your mate or your child or your teenager, listen, gentlemen, if you got teenage daughters, let me give you a clue here. You got a daughter that's older or granddaughter, if you can find out what their love language are, you're in like Flint. All right, instead of spinning your wheels, okay? You find out what that love language is and it makes all the difference in the world. So you may have somebody in your life that's receiving gifts. The next one is quality time. That is me. I'm so glad y'all are here today. I'm quality time. Listen, there was a time in my life I had my family yanked out from under me like a rug under my feet. Boom, my family was gone. My father died February 2nd, 1974. We put him in the ground. My mother almost died. Not she didn't die physically, she died emotionally. And from one day to the next, my family didn't exist anymore. I have family. Vicky and I got married. We have family. There's nothing more important in my life than my family. Now, Jesus is my Savior, and he's my Lord, and he's Lord of all. But after that, there's nothing that matters to me more than my family. I love quality time. I love hanging out with my family. I love being with them. The alarm goes off in the morning. Vicki and I get up. I want to get coffee, and I want to gaze into her brown eyes. Now, she won't let me, of course. She goes into another room. That doesn't have a lock on the door, but I know I'm not supposed to go in there. She goes and talks to Jesus, and I go talk to Jesus. Do you know why I've never had trouble with devotions in my life? Really, seriously. 
I have no trouble getting up in the morning and reading my Bible and praying because I'm hungry to spend time with Jesus because I love quality time. So I spend time with Vicky. I want to drink coffee with her. I want to look her in the eyes. I want her to sip. I want to sip. We want to talk. Then after we do that, I want us to get on our tennis shoes and go walk, and we do that. And then when we get home from walking, I want us to cook breakfast together and have breakfast together. Then after we get done having breakfast together, she gets up and leaves the room, and I say, where are you going? And she says, I'm getting away from you. Because you see, her love language is not quality time, but mine is. As soon as this service is over, we're going right up to my house with my children, and we're going to have lunch together. And it's one of the most important things in my life to spend time with my family. Last Sunday, we went to the Amarillo Fair, and we paid to get in, and we paid to eat food, and we hung out, and we had a blast. You know why? Because I want to be with my family, because that's my love language, quality time. Ashley will go home this afternoon. She lives in Amarillo. She'll come to teach school tomorrow at the junior high. She teaches sixth grade reading. She will come to our house for lunch. I get to have lunch with her Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. On Friday, she eats with somebody else, and I'm not too happy about it. I don't know what she does on Friday. Why she doesn't want to have lunch with me, I don't get it. All right, that, I'm out of control, aren't I? Yeah, I'm, I, one of the ladies in the early service said, you big old baby. And we discommunicated her from the church, and she won't be back. She won't be back next week. Amen? Be careful. That's my love language is quality time. I'm probably, now I'm some of the other ones too, but I'm quality time. Now, here's what's amazing. When Vicki does the dishes after lunch, I go over and she washes and I dry. And you know what happens? We kill two birds with one stone. I'm meeting her love language of acts of service because I'm helping, and she's meeting my love language of quality time because she's right there with me. And as long as I like it when there's dishes because I get to be with her and she gets to be with me. Listen, when I'm with her, I want 100% of her attention. Okay, she ha There's an evil villain in our marriage, and I pray that this villain dies a horrible death. It's the cell phone. When we're going to Amarillo, that dang thing makes noise, and she stops paying attention to me and pays attention to whoever's in that little pink thing. I don't know who's in there. I tell her all the time, put that down. And she says, do you want every bit of my attention? And the answer is yes. Why? Because that's my love language. Now, let me give you the next one. The next one's physical touch. Everybody needs to be touched. They've done studies that babies from birth to two years old, when you have a baby, the more you touch them, the more you hold them, the smarter they are at two years old. So you know what that means? When Megan has her baby in two years, it'll be the smartest human being on planet Earth because it's going to get held and touched a bunch. Amen? All right. So what is physical touch? How many of you have a child or a grandchild and they're a snuggler? They're a snuggler. Anybody? You got a child in your life and they want to snuggle. Okay. Probably their love language is physical touch. But how many of you have a child that are not a snuggler and you try to pull them up in your lap and they squirm and they fight and they want to get away from you because they don't want to be in your lap and they don't want to be restricted? Probably physical touch is not their love language. You see, it's just that simple. If you'll pay attention to those simple cues. Now, every human being needs to be touched. I'm not saying they don't. Gentlemen, one of the greatest gifts you can give your daughter is physical touch. One of the greatest gifts you can give your sons is physical touch. Pull them up and hug them and pat them. Everybody needs that. You may grow up in a family.
family that didn't touch a lot, but I want to encourage you. It's so important that you're, that you're physical and that you touch. Vicki's always telling me all the time, get out of people's space. I mean, I can get up in your face, and I don't mean to. Y'all are nodding. Hey, what's, what is wrong with y'all? Yeah, pastor, my gosh. You need to use some breath mints or something, right? She's always telling me that. You're too close. You can get up in people's space too much. If you haven't figured it out, we're a hugging church. Remember when you went to a church that didn't hug? Okay, yeah. I grew up in one of those churches. You did this, okay? All right, my father-in-law, and he's a good man, but he's not a hugger. And so I, and we, I don't know how he does it. It's like he knows jujitsu or something. He'll hold his hand out. I'll grab his hand. I'll try to work around to hug him. But then he puts his elbow in my stomach. I don't even know how he does it, but he keeps me from hugging him, okay? Now, he'll hug my wife, his daughter, but he won't hug me. What does that tell you, right? Never mind, I've taken care of her for almost 40 years, right? I mean, he should hand me a check every time I show up, shouldn't he? just because he loves me. All right, physical touch. Do you know somebody in your life that they need that? All right, let me give you the next one. Excuse me, that is, that is the last one. Now, here's what I want you to see this morning in the time that I have left. I just want to stir you up in these, okay? If you can recognize and understand, how many of you feel like you know what your love language is? You feel like you know, okay? How many of you have somebody in your life and you know what theirs is? And as soon as the service is over, you want to tell them. You're going to grab them and say, man, that's what your love language is. All right, there's something very simple you can do. All right, you can get online, get on your computer, get on whatever, and just look up the five love languages. It's that simple. And there'll be several sites that'll come up. You can pull up one of those sites, and then you can go on, and it's just a simple test. I know a lot of you have already taken it, but if you're a little fuzzy about it, you think, I don't really know if I know what my love language is or what my mate's or maybe my child's is, just pull up that test and take it. It won't take five minutes, and then it'll categorize your answers, and it'll help you to understand what your love language is. In two weeks, I'm going to start this new series on the personality styles. And if you understand your love language, and then you begin to recognize your personality style, listen, it's huge. It'll be huge in your marriage. It'll be huge in your job. It'll be huge in your life. Think about your children, your grandchildren, the people you work with, Think about understanding what type of language ministers to your child or ministers to your wife or ministers to your husband. It makes all the difference in the world. What verse did I read? Dwell together in knowledge. The more you know about each other, the better able you are to love each other, and it'll help you. So I just want to encourage you. Get on. Google five love languages. It's very simple. You can take the test this afternoon. It won't take 10 minutes. I mean, wait till the first quarter of the game and the Cowboys are behind 25 points, and then you'll have plenty of time to do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, our quarterback's gone. Our running back's gone. I need to just, I'm, I think I'm going to be a Patriots fan, but that's a whole other story. No, I know I'm not. Take a few minutes and take that test, and it'll help you. And, and just begin to recognize, hey, this is what my, my wife needs. This is what my husband needs. Listen, it really helped Vicki and I when we understood that. It really, really helped us. All right, y'all stand up and let's pray. Praise God. Father God, I'm thankful this morning for your love. I'm thankful for truth, Jesus, the truth that you are Lord and that you gave your life for us and that we're redeemed and we're going to spend eternity with you. Father, touch us, strengthen us, help us. Lord, would you help us to understand who we are and what motivates us? Help us to understand those around us that we love and care about and how better to love them, how better to meet their needs through the love languages. Father, I love you, and I'm grateful. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Y'all go and be blessed, and y'all have a great rest of your day.